I'd like you to just pause with me for a second as we commit my time with you as I share what I believe the Lord has laid on my heart for this morning. Shall we pause for a few moments? Father, these are your words. Thank you because you have promised that your word will not return unto you word, but it will accomplish that unto which you have sent it. And we ask, O God, this morning that the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, will find liberty this morning to take your word and send it home to the hearts of the hearers. Thank you for being our God. And may your word find good soil. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We begun this morning sharing around the Lord's table. And it is always a beautiful time when we can gather like this. And as I prepared for this morning, I recognized that all of this is but through the grace of God. But we are able not to go some, to someone and let them present our needs to the Lord, but we can now come directly to the throne of God and make our request known unto him. We are going to be looking this morning for the remaining few minutes that we have at Second Corinthians chapter 8. Second Corinthians chapter 8, and I will begin at verse 1. I planned the message for the first 15 verses, but I am open to the Holy Spirit. I will do what I can with the time I have. The Apostle Paul wrote in the first seven chapters of 2 Corinthians, about the comfort of God. However, he changed the subject abruptly in chapter 8. He now talks about collection for the poor believers in Jerusalem. Bringing us back to earth, so to speak. McGee would say, back to where the rubber meets the road. Paul changes the subject from Christian living to Christian giving. And 
As much as I don't like to talk about giving, here I am. I, I don't remember ever before, but I went to the elders and asked, please pray for me as I seek to share these words. I think it was last week sometime. Because this is not a very popular subject. And I don't want anyone to take it in the wrong light, but in the light that God intended it for you as an individual, as he did for me. Looking at chapter 8 of 2 Corinthians, beginning to read at verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. The grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. First of all, I note the liberality was not of themselves natural. It was not natural for the Macedonian to do what they did, or even the Corinthian, for that matter. But of God's grace, the grace that God bestowed upon them, enabling them to be instruments of God's grace to others. Verse 2. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overwhelming joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Did I read that correctly? How, how many of us who find themselves in poverty and trials are able to burst out in joy, so to speak? In spite of their condition. How is this possible? May I say to you, there's only one way this can happen, and that is through the grace of God. It's the grace of God that was able to bring them to the point where they were joyful in spite of But there is something else that I want to zero in on for a few moments. Each of us as believers in Christ, who are truly born into the family of God, has been given at least one gift 
Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Ah, again, for the sake of time, permit me to zero in on verse 8. In spite of the fact that 6 and 7, we should spend some time there. But again, bear with me. Verse 8. If it is to encourage, that is the gift of encouragement. How many of you hear about the gift of encouragement? How many of us are willing or open to the gift of encouragement? Then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. Some of you may say, I didn't even know there was such a thing as the gift of giving. Well, there is. If it is leading, do it diligently. If it's showing mercy, then do it carefully. Here's another one, mercy, that you don't hear a lot about. But these are gifts given to the body of Christ in order to build up the body of Christ. Instead of being on the wrecking crew, use the gift God has given you to help to build up the body of Christ. Verses 4 and 5 or three and four, I should say, of Second Corinthians eight. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability. I love this entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. They didn't, the apostle didn't have to beg because of the grace of God that they embraced. They gave freely, generously, on their own. Entirely on their own. They beg for the privilege to share with someone in need. Think of it. And that is, my brothers and sisters, in the service of our Lord. May I say to you, the past 50 years that I've been around Calvary, 
I can say that this is indeed a giving church. And sometimes you have to ask, but the word of God says, you know, seek and you should find, knock. Ask. And sometimes maybe we are not asking. I cannot remember a need in Calvary Bible Church that we got up and asked for that hadn't been met. I don't recall. So may I say to you, we, I believe, are blessed with that gift of giving. But there is a but there. And I'm going to get to that a little later on. We need to be sure that we do not give to the point where we suffer locally. Does that make any sense? Maybe not, but you will get it later. We give to missions, and I encourage it with all my heart. We need to. There are people in Africa suffering. There are people all over the world who are suffering. There are people right here in New Providence who are suffering. May I say to you, if we do not take care of Calvary Bible Church, we do not well. We need to be ready, willing, and able to meet the needs of the poor and the needy here in Calvary Bible Church. Now, please, I don't want anybody to go out of here saying, I said that, you know, we should stop giving to mission. Give, give, give to mission. That's a command. But there are some other commands that we need to keep in mind. I want you to remember that this is our little Jerusalem right where we are. And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, and I quote, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judah and Samaria and then to the utmost parts of the earth. Jerusalem, New Providence. Then we have, of course, Judea. Let's look at the islands. And then we have Samaria. We'll look at the Caribbean. And then we go to the utmost parts of the earth. That's a command. But sometimes we, we get carried away. Matter of fact, some people 
don't feel like the Christian Counseling Center is mission. It's unfortunate, but I don't think they got the word of God right because it says start here where you are and there are many, many hurting people. But verse 5 says, and I read, and they exceeded our expectation. The Apostle Paul writing, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord. And then, by the will of God, also to us, that is to the rest of the apostles, those who were serving them. You know why it was easy? Do you know why they exceeded the expectation of Paul? Because First of all, they gave themselves to Christ. That's the reason. The rest is ABCs. But first of all, we've got to start right by giving ourselves totally to the Lord. They exceeded the expectation of Paul. That is by far beyond our expectations, Paul is saying. Why? Because they gave themselves first to God or to the Lord. Matthew 6.21 says, Where our treasures are, there our hearts will be also. Where is, where is your treasure? Or treasures. Where, where are they? Is it in Christ Jesus? Or is it in things? I don't want you to answer me because you're not accountable to me. But you need to take an inward look and listen to the Holy Spirit. Where is your treasure? May I say to you again, if we are totally, totally sold out to our Lord, we will remember that we are only stewards of what we have. Because if you look carefully, Whatever you have, as much as you might think you work hard for it, without the grace of God, you won't even be able to get out of your bed. Somebody may bless you with thousands, but may I say to you, but for the grace of God, you'll spend it at Doctor's Hospital or Princess Margaret Hospital or some hospital around the world. Where is your treasure? May I say to you, it should be in Christ Jesus. And then the rest 
will fall into place. Permit me, for the sake of time, to skip a couple of verses, because I want to get a little further this morning. Verse 9, I read, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. The Corinthians and the Macedonians were rich in God's grace. And we, here at Calvary, are rich because of God's grace. We may not recognize it, but we are rich. There are a number of churches in this community that emulate what we did when it came to mission. We were some of the first to really put missions out there. We are blessed. For you know the grace. This is the act of pro bono. The love whereby the Lord emptied himself of his previous heavenly glory for your sake, for mine. He was rich, but he became poor, that we might become rich. He became poor, yet this does not demand, this is not demanded of you. Let me repeat that, please, because I don't want to get you to get the idea that you need to become poor. You don't have to. This is not demanded of you to give up all that you have to please God. That's not the case. Unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, I know of situations where people cannot buy gas, but the pastor is expecting them to give X amount of dollars so that he can ride around in a nice car. Thanks be to God, I've never even heard any such suggestion around here. We don't even know what you put in. If you put in a dollar or ten million dollars, we don't know if it was ten million dollars, somebody <laughs> would. No. But you get, the, you get the drift. We don't try to find out what you give because that's between you and God. But you have to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Because if you mind your own thoughts, you'll pick up that dress or that nice shoe or that whatever and say, I'll get around to God sometime. But that's not what he is asking 
of us. Not to become poor because he became poor. It is God who works in you. It is therefore called the grace of God. And this brings us right back to the first verse that we read. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Verse 10. And there, and here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. I believe that this In this verse where Paul says, this is my judgment, I believe that it's better rendered advice. This is my advice. He is not commanding you to do this. In other words, this is not a command. And why is it not a command? I think it tells us. So that their offerings might be free, and spontaneous. If I come up here and demand that each of you give whatever is left in your pockets or purses today, I might get stoned. Because you may have much in your purse. I don't know. But that's not, I'll say it again, that's not what God is asking us to do. It's so that we might be free and spontaneous. If we want to be spontaneous, then it means surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, last year, you were the first to give. The Corinthians we're looking for opportunity to give. And this, a year before they were giving, even before the Macedonian churches, verse 11. Now, finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may matched may be may be matched by your completion of it according to your means you see what it says at the end there according to your means not according to what you don't have the billy graham ministry says that their survival would never have existed had it not been for those consistent individuals who gave a few dollars every month rather than one big lump sum. What you have, 
is what God is expected you to share, not what you don't have. Paul is saying, finish the work. Calvary, finish the work. We started strong. Finish the work. Because if we are not careful, Africa will soon have to be giving us. When you fly on any rail airline, one of the first things you hear when the stewardess stands up is, indicates, and this isn't a good thing. I mean, I don't be thinking about the necessity of an oxygen mask dropping down in front of me, but they remind you, in case that it's needed, it'll drop down in front of you. What are you supposed to do first? Put on your mask first, and if you have children, then attend to them, or help someone around you. But if you try to help others, you may pass out and uh, not get where you're going. I believe we can apply the same thing here. Let's make sure that we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others. Verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. And I don't think I can reiterate that enough. A willing mind or a readiness to do this. It is not how much you give. The gift is accepted according to what one has. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Second Corinthians 9, 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. A willing mind. A willing mind. Solomon says of his father David in First Kings, Chapter 18, First Kings chapter 8, verse 18. But the Lord said to my father David, You did well to have it in your heart to build a temple for my name. Solomon had it more than in his heart. He had the means 
by which he could build the temple. But may I say to you, God had a, another plan. He even asked the prophet, and the prophet told him to go and go and do whatever your heart finds to do. Build a temple. But the prophet had to go back to him and told him, God says, you will not build a temple. Why? It tells us quite plainly. He says, because your hands are bloody. It could be because he was a warrior. It could be because of that selfish act that he did. He killed an innocent man to cover up his sin with his wife, with the man's wife, Bathsheba. God rejected him building it, but it didn't turn him off like it would some of us. Okay, if God don't want me to build a temple, then I'm not going to put in what I should have put in. I'm going to hold it back. No. We are told that he, he prepared his own gifts. And he did everything that he could to help his son to get the job done. That brings me to another point, and I'm closing after this. I'm not through, but I'm going to stop. Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. We have the story of the widow's offering. Jesus, of course, was in the temple. It says, as he looked up, Jesus saw a rich man putting their gifts into the temple treasury. Verse 2, he also saw a poor widow putting in two very small copper coins. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow had put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gift out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. That's giving. And I don't think any of us reached that point yet. A story is told about a Scotsman. I, this is only a story I read. The Scottish church was had decided to put up a new building. The building cost 50,000 pounds. To put up. You know it must have been some some time ago, because fifty thousand pounds couldn't put up much of a building today. This there was a particular member of this congregation whose worth was fifty thousand pounds. So the deacon not deacon Aubrey, but the deacon went to him and said, uh, how much will you 
give towards this project. And he looked down, he thought for a moment, he says, I'll give the widow's mite. He shook his hand and thanked him and he turned away. And that Sunday morning he got up on the podium and he says, Brothers and sisters, God is at work. We don't need anything else. Our brother, X, decided that he will pay for the whole building. And he jumped up on his feet and says, I never said any such thing. I said I'll give you the widow's mite. He says, brother, I thought that's exactly what you said. He said, you see, the widow gave all her livings. She gave it all. I thought she was giving all. I don't know how that story ended. <laughs> I don't think it ended the way the deacon intended it. But it's something that we should think of. You give what you have. And it's good to begin with the desire to do so. And then he might make it possible for you to do so. Shall we pray? Father, I want to thank you for the few moments that we were able to look into your word. Lord, I, I know that your word is quick and it's powerful and it's sharp. And Lord, I thank you for speaking to my life as I prepared this message. And Lord, maybe there are others who you need to speak to. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that he would take the truth of your word and allow you, Lord God, to get the glory the honor and the praises that is due unto you. I give you thanks now in Jesus' name. Amen.